cuando una persona, oh, that's good, está bien. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a quick look at this. So there's actually a directory of service providers included in the Healing Institute. Um, so good. Uh, we'll make sure to, to talk more about who's involved and how they're involved and how others can also get involved in the process. So Perfect. we are live. Um, all right. So Pradamelia, um, we've, uh, before we dive in the official interview, I'd, I'd love to know what three books or resources do you recommend for other visionaries? Well, one of my main, main books that, um, that I just love is, um, is called Power Versus Force uh, by, um, by Dr. David R. Hawkins. And one of the reasons that I love to refer to that book is because he's create, he created a map of consciousness and having studied vibrational healing and vibrational energy, I love that map of consciousness. So um, that's one of one of the books I recommend. Uh, the other one is another one is um, Dr. Bruce Lipton, uh, the biology of belief. We're you know we're kind of um, taught that whatever we grow up with, those beliefs are the beliefs that we can have for the rest of our lives. But that in fact is not true. Um, and if you believe if you believe something. Um, it's part of who you are. So obviously it's going to come true, but you can adjust those beliefs as well. So, right. or you can incorporate new beliefs too. Um, and that, and I do have a session that I also teach about realigning your beliefs. Sometimes we get to a, an adult age and we realize those beliefs that we, that we grew up with actually don't work for us anymore. Mm -hmm. And my third book is a Marianne Williamson, uh, Tears to Triumph. So I love Marianne Williamson. She's a um, an absolutely inspirational person. I follow her. Um, she's a Course in Miracles student and has done lots of lectures on a Course in Miracles. And I'm a Course in Miracles student. So I love it. I love the yeah. poetic nature as well of of the titles of all three of those books. Um, all three books I I have not heard of either, and I'm excited to have them on my list now um because they all three have i can i can sense and feel the profound power behind mm -hmm. the three of them power versus force is something that i do a lot of training on with mm -hmm. sales teams um and so i didn't know there was a book that was called that that's that provides new validation to my theories um, there you so go <laughs> i love it awesome well we'll bring you back on stage in just a minute introduce you properly to the world and uh, we'll pick up quite soon. All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Hey, what's up, Vision Pros? Welcome into another episode of Vision Pros Live. I'm your show host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business. And I'm excited to have Permelia Paramon today. We're going to be talking about healing um, and an international wellness community that she's building with that intent exactly to help people heal from the challenges that they face. Um, and those, those challenges could be uh, things that you're suffering deeply within um, and haven't really addressed um, and you need a safe space to do so, or they could be surface level right now. It could be a process of grief that you're going through. We'll, we'll explore the different 
aspects of what types of elements we need to heal from as uh, entrepreneurs. And I, I really like that Justin Bream has kind of been on my mind today. He was on the show a while back and uh, for a couple of reasons, it's been on my mind, but he talked about how all entrepreneurs have been through a ton of trauma. Um, and the trauma is what leads people to unlock and uncover their greatness. And with that, um, again, sometimes there's a there's a healthy space to surface that in and to deal with it and to reach new heights. Um, and other occasions, it might be safest to, to hang on to it for a little while and gravitate towards who makes the most sense to talk to. So we'll t we'll talk about that and debate that a little bit too on the show today. Um, before I bring Pramili on and I continue to talk about what she's building, that what she's building with the Healing Institute, um, I always want to give a shout out to these sponsors that are resources that I recommend taking a look at. Both sponsors today are sponsors we've had on the show. The first being Sean Lechuga of the Wellness Shop 365. And Sean's approach to integrative nutrition, health and wellness as a coach and a consultant for health and wellness really caught my eye when I saw the 365 Wheel of Life that they have. And, the, and I noticed that they were asking questions that were much deeper than any naturopath I'd ever talked to. Joy, what's your spirituality? What's your creativity? Um, what are your relationships in your social life and your volunteer opportunities look like? Um, this approach to wellness as a whole really caught my attention because I was like, man, I know the more we get locked in and centered with everything that we want out of life, the healthier we're becoming. And so, yes, they, of course, help with the traditional fitness and supplements and diet style planning or, or nutrition, I guess, is a better word for it. Um, but their their genuine belief and foundation of holistic wellness really caught my attention. I'd highly recommend checking out his and Julianne's episode. Then there's Melissa Gray with The Law Spot. Um, now, Melissa was somebody I was I was hesitant to put on the show because I'm not I'm not a big fan of most attorneys and how in their face they can they can be, how in how uh, condescending they can be too. And here I found somebody who's uh, a nurturer who understands that law doesn't have to be complicated, and and she really understands the value of of being there for people, understanding her clients. It was a joy to host her on the show, um, and she's since become a client as well, a first class business, and uh, seeing her want to bridge the gap between. The resources that are free and out there, such as LegalZoom and Crocodoc, and you know the the expensive attorney retainers, and and maybe falling into a relationship with a counselor um, or somebody for legal counsel who doesn't necessarily have the time to properly care about your business. There's there's a happy medium in between those two elements, and so as you continue your journey as a visionary and you look for who's going to support you from a legal standpoint, rather than leaving yourself susceptible to potential challenges that could come up, it could be a very good idea to get ahead of that. And if you haven't interviewed uh, legal counsel individuals, consider doing so in the coming weeks and consider Melissa Gray as part of that opportunity. Then uh, lastly, before we bring Parmelia on, we're going to talk about the water project. The water project is my go-to source of, of giving back um, because there's millions of people in this world who don't have access to clean drinking water. Um, and I don't ever want to forget that. I don't want to ever forget the fact that I can take certain natural resources for granted. Um, I choose to remember that others don't have these. And therefore, it's my responsibility and opportunity to help people understand there's, there's a way to give back. There's a way to help, even though we can't go over there ourselves every day and, and necessarily dig the, the wells ourselves for everyone. So the water project, they actually facilitate the process. 
of helping these communities um, based on the elements, the resources they have available. They teach the communities and help them create the resource. And you get to see how many people you're going to help, um, how many people are going to be affected by this project, what type of project they're going to do. And they will give you social media updates. They will let you know when your project comes to fruition. You get to see the impact you're going to have. And providing a long-term source of water to individuals creates a generational impact that can affect not just the, the few hundred people that are affected by the project, but their posterity as well is going to benefit tremendously from the efforts that you've done to give. So if you have another cause that you'd rather see us talk about and help with, don't hesitate to drop that cause in the comments. It's not really a competition. Uh, I believe very much in the law of abundance and we have the opportunity to give more and more based on the resources that we're able to acquire. And there's 8 billion people in this world that we need to help. Um, so if you know of a cause that you'd like to see us promote, don't hesitate to drop it in the comments. We might actually put it on this show as well. You never know. And, and if you could, even if you can't give back to the water project right now, if you can share the water project with others so that others could potentially contribute, you never know what type of impact your voice will have on others until you give yourself a shot um, and, and see who might be able to help. So um, without further ado, uh, Permelia Parham, and I've got to ask her the pronunciation, just like my last, I can't even pronounce my last name sometimes. Um, I got to bring her on and find out exactly how she pronounces her last name. But she's uh, she's coming onto our, our stage to talk about the Healing Institute. And I'd encourage everybody who's listening as well to go check out her page on, on LinkedIn and, and see her background, see where she comes from. And it's amazing what you can learn about somebody when you look at where they studied, um, when you look at their past experiences as well, and what's led them to launch and build the visions that they're up to. Um, so uh, without further ado, I'll bring Permelia on stage and we'll go from there. Welcome to Vision Pros Live, Permelia. Oh, thank you so much, Jackson. I am delighted and excited to be here today. And you, well, you're pronouncing I'm, my name perfectly. It's Permelia Parham. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you. I know we reviewed this at least three times. Um, and I had a couple of, of pre-show guests today whose names I just could not get right. And I think it's kind of like removed my confidence on name pronunciation today. So thank you for your grace. Um, well, with that said, I, I do want to make sure that we honor your background as well. And one of the best ways we can do that is find out from your perspective, what elements of your background are going to be most helpful for the visionaries listening in to truly understand? Because you've got you've got at least a decade of wisdom under your belt. Um, so let's go ahead and, and hear your perspective. What what drove you to start the Healing Institute and what was your path like to to begin this vision? Well, similarly to what you mentioned earlier, where a lot of entrepreneurs have gone through their own trauma and their own passage, uh, healing passage. And uh, 20 plus years ago, I was not in a very happy place. Um, and I'm a very happy person. So I was starting to do some studying myself around energy, uh, vibrational energy, vibrational healing, um, emotional healing. And it, my teacher, who I was very, very um, blessed to meet just at the right time when I needed her, um, she actually predicted that I was going to be turning what I was learning into a business. At the time, I had no clue that that was, that was going to happen. Um, so, you know, fast forward a few years, and because I was now in a happier place, 
that is what was coming out of me. Um, and so some of my coworkers that I was working with at the time wondered what was going on with me because I was always happy and I was able to look at, you know, any kind of uh, challenging um, incident that came up. And so I started to explain to them about how I was doing um, my chakra balancing and my energy balancing and uh, grounding exercises. <laughs> they kind of looked at me odd, but they were interested to learn how to do that. So I, my teacher's prediction came true. I literally started teaching out of my house. And then and that's how my first company, Vibrational Healing, was launched. And then one of the reasons that um, I was so, I think, divinely blessed to actually create the Healing Institute was because of um, a tragedy that happened in our family a number of years ago in that my mother passed away at a very young age due to complications with her kidneys because of a medication she'd been on for a very long time. And I really don't want anyone to have to go through that. I really want, uh, the reason I called the Healing Institute is an institute is because I'm very, very passionate about educating people around how to be well and how to stay well um, on our health journey. And we're all on a health journey. So right. that is why I um, really, the impetus to create the Healing Institute was, um, came from, yes, tragedy and trauma, uh, but we are moving forward into holistic health and wellness and providing a vehicle for people to come to the Institute, connect with those amazing practitioners that we have and connect with them and their modalities. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So <clears throat> you mentioned uh, perhaps two different challenge, two different tragedies, or was it one and the same? You said 20 years ago, um, you found yourself in a, a situation where you were not in a happy place. Um, is, is that tied to the loss of your mother or was there something else that was, that was affecting I know it, it wasn't tied to the loss of my mother because that had happened a few years before that. Um, I was in a relationship that um, wasn't very supportive as to who, who I was. And I just knew that I had to go inside. Um, I wasn't going to find the happiness um, on the outside and and whatever and and if anybody had looked at me back in those in that time you know i looked um to be very successful i had a lovely home i had you know um, a good career um, but when you don't have that inner that inner joy um then it does it it does change who not change who you are but you really need to look at why and I, I've always been curious. I've always asked questions. Um, yeah. I say often that's, you know, what we did as children, uh, what we got into trouble for as children is our gift. So I mm. was always uh, too sensitive <laughs> and always asked too many questions as a child. Um, and so, of course, that has um, helped me incredibly now that um, I'm doing healing work and wellness work. But uh, yeah, so just happened that um, I, I was able to meet this woman who gave me the language. Um, you know, I think I always had intuition, but I didn't know the words for it. Um, I was always very um, interested in people and always very, very curious. So when something was not quite right with me, I started to educate myself as to 
um, how how I could be happier, and and uh, that led me to where I am today. <laughs> That's awesome. We uh, <clears throat> my my first wife and I uh, I'm twice divorced, and our first marriage we both learned a lot about the having an Instagram family and and having challenges as well um, in the marriage challenges of of identity and, and beliefs, et cetera. It's something that a lot of people go through. Um, and, and I think there's a lot of people in life who don't learn how to address it. Um, mm -hmm. don't learn how to, how to move beyond it and find inner peace. Um, so I'm certainly grateful for your Institute and what you do because I'm a product of finding institutes like yours or therapists, counselors, and saying, how can I, how can I unlock, you know, my inner happiness? Um, how can I unlock the, the feelings, and have the business that I want and the life that I want at the same time. Um, I've very much always been a, you can have your cake and eat it too. Somebody messed that, that line up, that, that <laughs> staying up a long time ago and, and we're fixing it. Um, Absolutely. So with, uh, we can move in now to thank you for sharing vulnerably about your background, uh, where you come from and, and how you came to find, uh, you know, the path to happiness for yourself. What's your vision for those that you serve? My vision is to make holistic ways of being well, um, mo holistic modalities available to uh, what I would call the general public. I don't know that we have, we've had a model, we've had a medical model, um, both in the United States and Canada, and probably I'm in Canada. So um, in, both, in both our countries, as well as the rest of the world, but the medical model is broken. And it doesn't work anymore. Yes. Agreed. So my vision is for who I serve both. I, I kind of have two, two paths of service. One, of course, is holistic practitioners to give them a vehicle like the Healing Institute, where they can be available on a global, uh, on a, on a global scale for, for people who are looking for ways to be well and stay well. Um, and alternative, the alternatives that we that we offer um, by these practitioners and the and the work that they do, which is absolutely amazing, and we just really that's my vision is is to heal. I have a I have a big vision. It's called heal the world, and uh, that's why I've set up the Healing Institute as a virtual global hub and platform for for clients and for practitioners. I love that. We, we appreciate big visions here. Uh, vision pros is <laughs> all about the big visions. So you're welcome to, to share the vastness of it. And, and for yourself, Permelia, what's, what's your personal vision? What do you see for yourself on the horizon? Well, I have three children. <laughs> I'm waiting to be a grandmother. <laughs> I'm rooting um, for you. From a personal they, vision, that's my hope. Personal they make vision. it happen. <laughs> yes. Bring the storks. <laughs> um, and you know, just I mean, I I feel very fulfilled. I love the work that I'm doing, both with the Healing Institute and also the healing modalities that I that I have offer my clients through my other company, Vibrational Healing. And I I just want more for us. I want I want us to be well. Um, I want, I really want to instill with people the possibility and the capability of them not to be their illness. There's so many people I meet and they're 
who they are, their identity is wrapped up in how sick they are and how well they don't feel. And I want to change that. I really want to switch that over. So, you know, we know that when you are feeling at your very best, you give your very best. And we certainly need a lot of us out in the world, making the world a better place. And that's, that's my, that's my vision, I would say. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So the, the healing factor leads us to be able to produce better results. And therefore the byproduct is exponential um, accordingly, because once we feel better, we then have more capacity to do even more good. Um, so well said. I mean, I, I experienced that as a missionary in Uruguay, I got really sick. Um, and I was down to a hundred I'm six, two, I was down to 145 pounds. Um, you know, and I, I looked like a toothpick and they were doing all sorts of studies on me and a change in environment, um, combined with saying, you know what, like I'm, it was just, it was all stress induced. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't realize it, you know, until I got there and I was like, forget this, like, forget the diet, forget everything. We're, we're going forward now that we've moved, now that I have a new companion. Um, you know, I just, there was a, there was a flip, a mental switch that, that flipped in my head. And I was able to get back in tune with being healthy and it did, it made a dramatic impact on my ability to, to serve and do what I was called to do at that time in my life. Um, and I've seen the same thing happen after my back surgery and having to go through the phases of, of kind of grief and trauma associated with that. And if anybody's facing, you know, uh, a point in life right now where you don't feel like you can move or you feel stuck or maybe you're misaligned with your purpose, then this is absolutely a, a conversation uh, worth listening in on. Now, before we dive into that further, I do want to find out from the experience, the leadership experience and background you have, we're going to dive into a dark subject. What's the worst leadership experience that you've ever had? Um, I was thinking about this because that was, you know, part of the mm -hmm. uh, the, the pre-interview. Yeah. Uh, and what comes to mind, I worked in um, what we would call corporate, can corporate Canada. Uh, I know you refer to it as corporate U.S. Um, and I had a manager. It was a brand new position that I had um, I had studied for, and I'd won the position. And it was a brand new position, and it was looking at um, looking at more, not just a single office, but a, a, a regional, a whole region of offices that needed to be, um, there was a new, a new pro project that was coming and, and I was hired to implement that project. Now I'm not very tall. I'm like five feet zip. And okay. the so manager, we look, we look funny together. Oh, we would. Yeah, very much. <laughs> um, I'd come up to maybe your shoulder. My husband's six feet tall, so I barely come up to his shoulder. Um, and so this manager uh, that was part of the unit where I was I was working was like six foot five and big, like really big. And he used to like to intimidate his staff. And it was a large staff, but he would actually come and hover over your desk and yell at you. Oh, like geez. it was just awful. It was just awful. <laughs> um I'm pretty feisty, <laughs> even though I'm, old, I'm short. <laughs> I think probably learned to be feisty all these years. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I didn't let him intimidate me. Good for you. I just stood up to him. And apparently that was the right thing to do because yeah. 
<laughs> so that was, I would say that's my worst leadership experience that I've ever had. Yeah, that's awful. When when the right thing to do is the wrong thing to do, the environment is usually not conducive to healthy living. Um, so, well, uh, so okay, very good. Um, and uh, what what did you do about it? Did you stick around there? Were you were you there for a while? Or um, yeah, I was. I was there for wow. probably about a year. Okay. Uh, and one of the women that I worked with at the time. She had um, actually had been a supervisor of mine um, in, in another department. And she said, that's what you have to do. You have to stick up. You have to stick up to him. Don't let him intimidate you because um, he was a bully, basically. And as soon as you show weakness to a bully, you know what happens. So Absolutely gets worse. It gets worse. Yeah. Mm. And then well, I was very luckily transferred to another department. <laughs> so I was very happy about that. Oh, <laughs> Still okay. the same job, but a different department. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay. What about your best leadership experience? What's the best leadership experience you've ever had? I would say um, I've had some amazing, amazing managers and supervisors in my corporate career. Um, one particular manager that I had really just, I think he could see the strengths that I had and he kind of just let me do my own thing. Um, I, you know, I'd have to go to him for certain things if I really thought I needed his permission. But um, I had a whole unit um, of like 30 plus people and it's really hard to supervise 30 plus people. So I ended up uh, dividing the unit into segments. And I was actually um, assigned someone who was fairly senior in each one of the areas to kind of overlook what was going on in that area. And then they reported to me. And uh, my manager let me do that. And he also let me hire. This was back in the day when part-time work was not the thing. You either worked full-time or you didn't work at all. And he let me hire staff uh, part-time, uh, a couple of staff who um, were on, you know, had brand new children, new babies, and didn't want to work full-time. And yep. so he let me hire them to work two and three days a week, um, which, as I said, that is was unknown back in those days. And honestly, I have to say, I got, there was more work that those, those uh, women did in those two days than some of the other people in the unit did in five days. <laughs> Yes. So I would say that's my best leadership experience. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And that's, <clears throat> it's amazing how that, how that happens. Uh, you know, especially in, in corporate environments where the status quo um, is often simply maintained, depending mm -hmm. on the culture, of course. Um, but that is one of those unique challenges that, that is faced. I had a friend who was working at 3M. Um, most people don't even know what company that is, but like you get, like packages of tape and all sorts of stuff at Walmart. Almost all of it's made by 3M. Oh, um, our post-it notes are made yeah, by 3M. <laughs> those too. Exactly. They make a ton of products. And he wanted so badly to be able to go home to be with his family. Um, you know, during he wasted so much time at work because the work culture was now built around the time that employees take on Facebook, the time that they take breaks, kind of chit-chatting together. They had like beer pong, you know, as part of the, the culture that might not have been in his case, but they had different office breaks and team culture activities and all that. And he was able to get all of his work done within a matter of three hours. Um, 
and you know, I, I remember my, my immaturity. I, I didn't do the corporate thing. So I was like, dude, why don't you just like, like, I don't know, get promoted or like, like seek like a higher position or tell them you're going home. And, and he explained to me the, in, in diplomatic fashion, how if he worked, if he did more work than everybody else, it makes everybody else look bad. Mm-hmm. And then he becomes a problem in the office environment. And if he asks to go home, then he also reveals that people, you know, aren't actually doing the full it's amount proof. of work. It's and proof that they're I not working like, up to commit. Yes. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, that's a horrible problem. I was like, and I've been an entrepreneur since I was 21. I, I don't have that mentality. You know, I'm like, this is so, wow. I wonder why I hate the idea of corporate um, so much. I, I couldn't. I couldn't do that. Now, granted, there are people who strive to make positive changes. There are mm-hmm. corporations that do have uh, productivity as as a part of their job opportunities. But if you find yourself, you know, visionaries, if some of you are part time or you are part of a corporate culture and you also don't align with the way that the culture is ran, uh, this is one of the best times on earth to be considering career changes. It's so easy to get new interviews and to potentially find new opportunities. Um, and maybe it's that time to shift to start your own business as well. Um, so yeah, go ahead. Do you have a final thought on that before we move on to the powerful lesson? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, I also, also was able with that unit of 30 people. Um, some of course did work as up to capacity and some, as I mentioned, worked even harder on, and worked yeah. over capacity. So I was, uh, really, with the only time I was able to uh, really say thank you to the ones that I knew were really working um, to their full potential was at evaluation time, which was really just only once a year when oh, you wow. actually have to write up an evaluation uh, for them. And so I would just it would be glowing because that was me saying thank you um, to doing your job uh, and and oftentimes that was the only way um, other than maybe um, I'm just, I was just thinking about this the other day. Once a month we would go out for lunch because we'd sort of celebrate everybody's birthday that had had a birthday that month. And oftentimes it would be a Friday and, you know, you have your hour of lunch and really it's Friday afternoon. Nobody really wants to go back to the office and I would just tell them to stay there. I'd say, stay for the rest of the afternoon. I'll go back to the office. I was the supervisor. I'll go back to the office. I'll answer the phone. I'll make sure everything's running. You guys have got another, you know, an out. However long you want to stay, you can stay. Because really, that was my way of saying thank you. Thank you for doing such a great job. That's rewarding. And in many different ways, that's rewarding. So, Pramili, if this is the last chance you had ever to share a powerful lesson that other visionaries can learn from your experience, what would the lesson be? Be curious, Hmm. ask questions, always want to know more than what you might know right now. It's really pretty amazing at what you will find out when you're curious and you ask questions. Uh, That has just been, as I mentioned earlier, kind of the way I've been since a very small child, and uh, I really, I really, truly believe um, knowledge and information as much as we can get 
um, that will help us on our journey. Of course, we know there's lots of knowledge and information out there that might not be helpful, but that's okay. You can choose um, what is helpful. And I would just say, you know, really le just learn, learn what you can, absorb what you can, uh, take it to heart, make sure that what you're learning and what you're reading um, is really your purpose and, 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 and it's in your heart space. And if it's not, then don't go there. Absolutely. I love that. Um, <clears throat> we share that, we share that trait. I didn't know it was a learning trait until I took StrengthsFinder 2.0 um, when I was 21 or 22. And my result came back that my number one strength was learner. And that was surprising because I had a 0.33 GPA in college. Um, I didn't do well in the university environment. Um, so I, I had lots of questions about myself and my ability to uh, learn. And um, you know, I, I knew I was intelligent, but I didn't quite know to what capacity. And that, that learning quiz came back and said, you were that child who always asked why um, mm -hmm. and asked a ton of questions. Uh, where did you come to hone in on realizing that you were the type of qu child that asked questions? Did people just tell you you ask a lot of questions or did you discover that later on? Well, my family always were, oh, you ask so many questions. Why do you ask so many questions? So I think it was mainly because they didn't know how to answer my questions. <laughs> um, you know, I very much like you, I did not do well in school. Um, but, you know, when I went to school, maybe when you went to school, um, learning styles and how people learned was not part of the educational system. Mm -hmm. So you were just taught rote, um, memorize. Um, I was not good at memorizing. So uh, it wasn't until I was actually had left my corporate job and I was starting to be an entrepreneur when I realized the language around being an entrepreneur I actually did that. I've done that my whole life. I just mm -hmm. didn't know it. I didn't have the language for it. Yeah. So that was that was my aha moment, <laughs> knowing That's finally, ah, oh, I think I think I'm in the right spot. <laughs> yes, I, I think it's so interesting that the there's generational gaps, there's cultural gaps as well. Um, those who have parents, those who don't. There's so many opportunities for us to explore. Or right, how do we get people? you know, on the same page fast enough to make impact, um, you know, mm -hmm. with, with different individuals in different ways. And um, I remember my, my math teacher in sixth grade, um, introducing the ideas of different language learning concepts. And I remember her teaching us about, uh, you know, learning through reading, learning through writing, learning through audio, learning through visual, um, you know, she walked through those, um, you know, I, I'm sure I knew which one I gravitate. I think I gravitated towards visual. Um, but I told myself then I was like, I'm just gonna learn them all. Um, you know, that'll, that'll make it easy. Um, and so I, I didn't actually, ha I was, I was really good in school, but that became my crux later was I would get very bored, um, in, in subjects. And if I didn't feel I needed to know it, I wouldn't do it. Um, you know, you, you couldn't get me to. Um, so you've got this international wellness community for healing that you're building. Um, I want to learn more about it. Uh, I'd love for you to tell us about it. I'll cue Cynthia to uh, to pull up on the screen the incubation process. It's it, do you consider it an alpha mode and beta mode? Do you consider it full scale right now? Um, 
know, what are you doing with it? Well, we did a beta phase um, last year, right after we launched the uh, the website. The website was actually went went live um, about this time last year, and then I did a beta phase with uh, thirty practitioners. I had them helping me do all the testing that needed to be done, and so I guess um, we're certainly not launched, or we're launched when it comes to the website. Of course, it's up and running. But mm-hmm. um, maybe what was the second one? The elf, the alpha. <laughs> we're we're in the, the growth process now. Well, so sure. normally, uh, and this is not this is J.K. Rowling wrote a book on a napkin and became a billionaire. Yes. So take strategy for what it is, right? Yes. You know, it's it's not guaranteed success. But typically, there's the alpha phase, then there's the beta phase, um, right? So alpha is usually pre-beta launch. Okay. Then, and, and again, there's all sorts of structures behind it and Scrum and Agile and Waterfall and blah, blah, blah. I could talk to you off about operational stuff that has driven 96% of businesses to fail over 10 years. So, you know, how much is it really worth worrying about? Um, tomato, tomato. Uh, right. I like to eat it. I don't care what you call it. Um, so. With your with your business and brand, there's always going to be opportunities for growth and improvement. But Absolutely. I just want to know kind of where it's at, who's getting involved, what's what's the path ahead, um, what can people expect to get out of the institute right now? Well, presently we have uh, ten practitioners representing six countries. My vision, of course, is to grow that to uh, twelve plus countries, over two hundred plus. Practitioners, here's some of the practitioners. This is great. Um, and so what people can can do right now is they can come to the Healing Institute. There are five different categories that I created. Uh, under each one of the categories are the modalities, which is a link. So when you um, click on the link, whatever that modality might be, whether it's breath work or whether it's counseling. Um, yes, there are therapies, all of those those five different categories under each one of those categories is um, the link to the practitioners. So those Which are the modalities. Play let's play Sorry? with one. Of them. Let's play with one of them. Which one okay, do you recommend? Let's, yeah, let's go to coaching. I usually use coaching as my example, okay. and then go to the well wellness well being. It's on the bottom of the left column. Perfect. Yeah. So we have two practitioners that call themselves wellness well-being co- uh, coaches. Uh, Gina is in South Africa, for example, and Marie is in Portland, Oregon. And so the way I designed the website was mainly for clients to self-identify what they're looking for. Um, and so you can click on their um, get to know more button and that will pop up their, uh, their full profile. And then as you scroll down, you can book with them and the book now button, then the modalities are described what they are. The book now button takes you then to a page that you can book with them, either the complimentary service. Everybody has a complimentary um, consultation of some kind, because as we know, in the health and wellness area, a lot of people are searching and they don't they may not know exactly what they want. Um, so they can definitely do that. And then once you, you, you as a client decide that that's what you want to do, what, who you want to work with, then there's a book, there's a, the book button takes you to their calendar. And then there's a payment button that will take you to pay for the session. Of course, the complimentary sessions are complimentary, 
Um, yeah. And that will that get, you get to have a chat with the practitioner and and decide. Most of the practitioners have more than one modality. So you have to have a conversation to find out what is going to be the best fit. Nice. So it looks like you're somewhat on the heels of BetterHelp, um, the, the program that connects somebody quickly to a therapist. However, there's also more filtering involved um, with different types of wellness and healing and help that one's able to get access to. Is that fair to say? Yes, absolutely. Love yeah. that. Mm -hmm. um, and there is, there's a lot of room for streamlining and curating this. I, I worked, I helped a therapist build her website years ago. It was an awful experience, by the way. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and it, despite the, the reality that as marketers, we get blamed for almost everything um, that, that a business owner does wrong. Um, it's, it's always the marketer's fault. Um, but the, the real challenge that we came across was we were talking about unique selling proposition and her unique selling proposition was I change lives. And, um, you know, I, I love that that's what she does for people. And I asked her, um, how many other therapists in Austin, Texas, do you think also feel their unique selling proposition is that they change lives? And she, I don't think I've seen a lady more petrified in my life um, as she addressed the reality that her unique selling proposition wasn't unique at all. Mm -hmm. It was what every single person in her field claims, um, you know, and, and wants to do. And so the, the challenge as providers of healing that we often face as well, and this is, again, to the rest of you who are holistic professionals, it's not a bad idea to align with a better help. It's not a bad idea to align with a healing institute where people do have options because of the market at large, uh, they do want options. They want yes. to know what makes you unique. They want to know what accolades you may have. Um, they want to belong to a, a greater community um, mm -hmm. as well. And so the fact that you're building it, one, it's, it's audacious. It's a huge vision um, and play. And I love that. And I 100% hope that you continue to build and build and, and make this amazing because there's there's so much room for more institutes. If we can have more than 2000 universities yes. and still need more, <laughs> we could absolutely have more than one better help. Um, you know, have plenty of room for institutes that are building what it is you're after. So are there any other elements of the vision that you'd like to share? Well, we are a wellness, an inter, I call it, uh, I think our subtitle is an international wellness community. And so we are looking at, we, we see ourselves as a community. So a community of holistic practitioners, um, a community of clients. And so when clients come to the Healing Institute, whatever modality they may choose or pick or complimentary consultation, they might start. It, once they are in our community, we are going to look after them. So it's, it's perfect for clients because it's almost one-stop shopping. So right. just because they came, let's say they decided to come um, and and try out body code, emotion code work, which is what I do. Um, but if I know and I can see even with our complimentary session, there's, you know, the Marie who does this amazing. She's an amazing breath facilitator, conscious breathing facilitator or another lady who who uh, Angina, who also we saw today, um, she does a bioenergetic feedback. So we are, 
we actually, as practitioners in our wellness community, refer clients back and forth. So yep. we're not hanging on to them just because they knocked on our door first. We're looking at the what I call the whole person client. So it's looking at everything that the client needs. Absolutely. And fixing that and, and helping fulfill that. Mm-hmm. That's that's really neat. There's, uh, you know, as, as small business champions, especially as a Texan, um, you know, we, we tend to really gravitate towards small business. Sometimes we forget the value of the services that are regulated, um, you know, that we that we take for granted and we think big business is bad. Um, that's not necessarily true. Um, you know, yes, I do like my hole in the wall restaurants, um, you know, and I'll, I'll go to them. And there's a sense of certainty and comfort where I'm taking my kids to Chick-fil-A. Where I'm like, you know, I know exactly what I'm going to get. I know exactly what their experience is going to be like. And if I have anything less than your typical Chick-fil-A experience, I've got a parent company that I can gravitate towards and say, hey, this isn't right. Um, you know, we didn't we didn't have the experience that we want or that we anticipated based on all of our other experiences. And they are the type of entity that will take care of you um, yeah. and that, that cares about their customers. So um, there's there are opportunities for more stability, more security, better service in the environment of, of, of layers of communities, right? Mm-hmm. And that looks to be what the Healing Institute is, is ultimately going to be involved with providing. So, well, we, uh, we wish you the best as you continue Thank to you. build the vision. We'll be excited to check in on it every once in a while and see how things are going. And um, of course, our, our network is your network. Um, in the, the same Thank reality. You. Anybody who's listening in, if you have uh, desires to reconnect with Permelia, of course, we'll have the links in the, the show notes on the landing page. So you can connect with her at the links that we provide there. Also, if you have a question or comment, you just want to drop it right now uh, in the comment box. We'll make sure to respond to those after the fact as well. And if you have a vision that you'd like to share, if you've got something that you're building um, or have built, you're like, man, I would love to, to talk about it with with an audience. And there's a button in the top right corner to be our guest. You can actually click the button, apply to be our guest. We'd be happy to host your vision um, depending on your leadership skills. Um, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for people who exude uh, great leadership attributes, people that we really want to put on the stage and then we're inspired to support. It doesn't matter if your vision's in the beginning or if your vision is, you know, Bill Gates, come and join us, man. Uh, Michael Jordan, <laughs> come jump on our show. We'd love to have you. Um, uh, LeBron James too, always at my, 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 number, my number one, Michael, I'm sorry. LeBron's <laughs> number one. But anyway, we'd love to have you on the show. And if you have been inspired by these episodes, like subscribe, comment, um, you know, share this show with others. It's our way of, that's how we find new people to bring on the show. So Permelia, it's been an honor to have you here. And uh, I look forward to talking to you more in the coming days. Thank you so much, Jackson. I'm delighted to have been here. And um, thank you to everyone who popped on and listened to the show today. See you on the next show, Vision Pros. Take care, everybody. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention. Have an excellent time building out your vision. and.